Welcome to Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander. Thank you so much for joining us this weekend. I'm Jason Kong here with the man himself, Bill Alexander. Bill, how are you doing today? Hey, Jason. I'm doing great. I hope you are. I'm great. I'm glad you've got some water here, staying hydrated. We're going to need it yeah, because it's, it's, it's been pretty hot. I, I think folks... Uh, uh, in fact, I suspect people are inside today because it's hot, 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 and it has been. Of course, we've gotten a little bit of rain. Um, some people would say too much. You know, around here we had excitement. You may not know about this, but uh, last weekend, last Saturday, uh, a little bit after our show concluded, uh, lightning struck a tree at the office. Um, it was... It was getting close to one o'clock, and uh, lightning struck the tree, and it fell. Now, this tree was not a little teeny tree. Uh, the base of its um, uh, trunk was about six feet wide. Uh, wow. Diameter. Wow. <laughs> that is a big tree. tree. And it, in fact, fortunately, the good news is uh, it, it fell— into the parking lot and did not hit uh, there are two structures and one was my office that it did not hit thank the lord uh and if it had fallen the other way it could have destroyed i mean it could have destroyed my office or it could have destroyed uh, the office across the parking lot from me uh, and fortunately it fell but it did not hit either building and did not hit any vehicles, although it did entrap a number of vehicles for the businesses that are farther down the parking lot. And so, um, fortunately, the, a tree service came and g got rid of this tree. I'm sure they enjoyed taking the wood away because it uh, probably was a tree that was here when Raleigh was founded. <laughs> you know, it was one of those. Um but yeah, it's it just uh, things like that can happen. It just life, life is like that too. You know, you just never, never know. So, and of course, uh, if it had hit my office, it would have totally destroyed it. I mean, it was that big of a tree. Uh, we, we would be trying to find a, a new location uh, if it had actually uh, hit this, hit, hit, hit our unit. So, and of course, the other thing about that's going on at our office is that we acquired the property right next to mine. So uh, we're we've been working on it for the last uh, five or six months, trying you know trying to get it ready. And hopefully, it'll that will give us some breathing room around here because I think most of our folks have felt a little bit of a little cramp <laughs> uh, in our space. And so I'm real excited about uh, being able to expand over to the to the new unit. So anyway, that that's all. Uh, well and good. People probably don't care about that kind of stuff, but it's important to me. <laughs> well, I know you've been working hard on the property next door, and I'm, I'm really glad that we dodged the bullet there. But that that situation is kind of one of those where it, it really wakes you up and makes you want to make sure that, hey, I've, do I have everything? I dodged the bullet here, but if that didn't happen, I want to make sure that I'm protected in a way that... Uh, I'm not in financial ruin. Well, that's true. But, you know, you, you are right. Uh, when close calls uh, occur, 
it does make us not only appreciate what we have and appreciate uh, the fact that the calamity did not strike, but that it could have, and that uh, if we weren't fully prepared, then we know to get our act together. <laughs> so, and that can lend itself to yeah. when it comes to estate planning and well, financial that's, planning. That, that's exactly right. And, and so actually I wanted to start out a little bit this morning as it related to, you know, why do you have a financial plan? Why do you have an estate plan? Uh, and, and when I say financial plan versus estate plan, you, you know, when I talk about estate plan, it's uh, this is I'm talking about a professional, an attorney helping a client um, with their planning. Uh, and, you know, people and people can get misled in, in a lot of different ways by uh, because there are a lot of companies, banks and financial advisory firms and the like that. Um, they advertise that they that they will do estate planning for you. Now they can't do your documents; that would be illegal in North Carolina. But but they say that, and the fact is is that so often uh, these are boilerplate kinds of things, which, um, uh, in my opinion, do a disservice to most clients. Um, you know, it's nice to get a good idea of what some of the options are, but not in terms of making decisions for families in terms of what they really should be doing. That's where a good attorney should come in. But let's talk about financial plans. Why do you have a financial plan? Uh, and I'm really talking to seniors here uh, when, um, I mean, and, and really... For most of us, because uh, I fall into that category too, it's one of two things. Uh, you either should have a financial plan to give you the best case scenario not to run out of money. Uh, in other words, none of us want to be a burden on financial burden on our children. And truthfully, our children don't want us to be a financial burden on them either. Uh, and we really don't want to be any kind of burden on them. And most of us want very much to stay independent uh, of our children in later the later stages of our life. Now, there's some folks who would prefer to be under the thumb of their children. But most of us, nah, probably, you know, we'd prefer to stay independent, stay in control, and those kind of things. Well, you know, if we are a family of modest means, then our goal should be to preserve our resources so that we don't run out of money uh, and to be able to live and enjoy our life as, as much as possible. You know, I, I talk to, to folks a lot about, hey, you really need to be enjoying your money. You know, what's your bucket list? <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's like, uh, what do you love doing? And how do you spend your money? And, and you know, the fact is, is that if we, uh, if, uh, we shouldn't be trying to preserve every penny for the benefit of our children. You know, it's a matter of living the good life. And we only have so many years to, to live that good life. I, I, I tell my clients occasionally, um, and this this occurred to me 
uh, going on 15 years ago. And uh, we we were at uh, a seafood festival down at uh, Fort Fisher, um, which we were going to every year with friends of ours uh, and enjoying staying there for the weekend, enjoying the food, enjoying the music and all of that good stuff. And one of my oldest friends uh, basically turned to me with beer in hand. And, and, and of course, and I'm not kidding, his, his nickname is, in fact, Hoot. And he turned to me and he said, Bill, you know, we're getting to the age where if we want to do something, we better by darn do it. <laughs> and, and truthfully, I was so grateful for that comment because it was so true. I, I was 58 at the time, and I was thinking about the fact that, you know, uh, we really need to start taking some nice trips because I had been reluctant to take time off from the office and from work, you know, to take a week or two to do this or that. You know, a lot of times my trips were actually work-related, uh, and we could extend those work-related trips, and we had nice times, but just in terms of going to places and enjoying things um, was really not high on my agenda until then and it, it was like okay i really need to make some changes in the way i do things uh and to plan some nice trips uh you know at least once a year if not twice a year or more and you know take more time off the fact is that's we, we all need to be doing that now, i'm not talking to the millennials in the you know in the audience they need to be grinding it out and working and making their way that's a that's a different thing although they're they're taking a, a different attitude it sort of gets next to me because you know when we were growing up we learned to work until the job is done <laughs> it wasn't oh it's 5 30 time to go home <laughs> so you know Every generation is different. It just uh, it always gets away with me. All right, now I need need to get back to the subject. Okay, so what if we have what if we're actually very well to do? You know, we're we are way beyond modest means, and so it's like, well, what's financial planning then? Well, from my perspective, uh, financial planning for those families, and there are plenty of us. Uh, really should be a matter of not only preserving our wealth, but uh, increasing our wealth, increasing our estate for the benefit of our children and grandchildren, for our families. Um, that's a pretty good goal, too. You know, one of the, one of the uh, mistakes that seniors of wealth make it is they put too much focus on preservation and not enough focus on growth and i i think both are important now uh folks who of modest wealth from my perspective really do need to put a greater focus on preservation uh, but still, uh, I think all of us still need to make sure that we are doing some things that allow us to at least beat inflation, which can be very high at times, just like this year. Inflation has been 
pretty high. I think it's I think we're entering into a phase of the year where inflation is going to moderate a good bit, but you know, but, but we've seen how inflation can really um, hurt our ability over time uh, to grow. And if you and if you don't realize, I mean, I I don't want to put it into a you know sixty five or seventy year perspective, but that's I, I mean, when you think, I mean, when I was a kid, I could go to the movie theater when I, I'm talking about when I was four years old. I'd go to the movie theater for 15 cents. Uh, my mama would give me a quarter, and my my siblings and I would walk down to the movie theater, and we'd get in for 15 cents, and for another nickel I could get a Coke, and another nickel I'd get a great big baby Ruth that I could hardly hold in my hand. So but now, uh, and then I was really upset when the price increased to a quarter to get in. So, <laughs> but... You know, when you think about the fact over 65 to 70 years, the cost of going to the movie theater has increased from 15 cents to, I mean, I don't hardly ever even go to the movie theater anymore. It's too expensive. <laughs> but how, do you know how much a movie theater costs? Oh, boy. I think a standard adult ticket, it's, I mean, you're pushing $11, $12. Oh, I, was, I think it's closer to 15 You know, it's it's kind of thing. How, how do kids take a date to the movies anymore? I, I don't I don't know. But, I mean, that's what inflation does over time. So you, you have to recognize that, and that needs to be factored into whatever financial plan that you're thinking about. And so, from so it's either not running out of money, or how do we preserve what we have and grow it for the benefit of our families? Well, with estate planning, there's a couple other goals if you really get that factor in. And one goal uh, that obviously relates uh, to financial planning is to pay. And you'd be surprised how many. This is number one goal for a lot of folks, but it shouldn't be. It you know because I'm not one who believes that the tax tail should wag the dog. You know sometimes there are times when you should just pay your tax and move on and do what you need to do with your money. But most of us, at part of our goals, it shouldn't be number one, but it should. It is an important goal to pay the government as little as possible. <laughs> pay the government as um, as little as legally possible to do. And so to arrange your estate with tax planning in mind, that is an important goal. And the other thing for those of us who are very, what I call very well-to-do, uh, or more than that, uh, is that our, our planning, our estate planning, truthfully has more to do with how we will arrange things for our children and grandchildren. You know, how we grow our estate and how we package our estate for our children and grandchildren. And that's one thing that is important to me because we can package our estate with asset protection for our children, which is very, very important to us. I mean, one of the things that almost all of us as parents worry about uh, when our children get old enough to get married is their marriage. Will they ever be divorced? We all know that the divorce rate is pretty high 
We hate it that it is, but it is. Um, and the fact is we don't want our inheritance to go to an ex-spouse. <laughs> In fact, we want our inheritance to benefit our children. And then eventually, hopefully, there'll be enough left to go to our grandchildren. I mean, that's what we're really looking for. And good estate planning should allow us to do both goals. That is, pay the government the least possible while arranging our plans to grow and uh, leave a nice legacy to our children and grandchildren in the best way possible. The best way possible and the way that <clears throat> you desire as well. I think that's another big key in making sure that, uh, you know, when you're gone, that uh, the plans that you've had and the intentions that you have are executed. And that's why planning is so important. If you want to get a hold of Bill, schedule an appointment to speak with him, you can do that by going online to WGALaw.com. WGALaw.com. That's Bill's website. Schedule an appointment to speak with him. Or if you're interested in learning more about asset protection and trust planning or long-term care assistance, Bill offers free webinars the second Wednesday of every month. The next set of webinars is happening on Wednesday, August 10th. These are free to attend. It's free to register. There's no cost to you. Highly educational opportunities to learn more from Bill. Go to WGALaw.com to learn more and click on the Seminars button. WGALaw.com. Click on the Seminars button or call 919-256-7000. 919-256-7000. A quick break and back with more. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander, and we'll be right back. listening to Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander. Head on over to WGALaw.com. That's Bill's website. If you want to learn more from Bill, maybe schedule an appointment to speak with him, get some documents or planning in order, or if you want to attend Bill's free webinars, learn more about long-term care assistance, Medicaid, VA benefits, you can do that uh, in his morning webinar happening on Wednesday, August 10th. Bill also has an afternoon webinar dedicated to asset protection and trust planning. Both are free to attend, free to register. Go to WGALaw.com and click on the seminars button to learn more. I'm Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. And Bill, we're having a conversation uh, all about estate planning and financial planning and our goals. And, and last week, uh, I promised to talk about some gifting strategies um, for our children and grandchildren that are way beyond just helping create an educational account uh, for them. Uh, now, I'm going to get to that, but I've actually, in order to get there, I want to talk a little bit about uh, just a client experience uh, recently, a wonderful, uh, wonderful client, wonderful family, um, lost dad, husband died, uh, and uh, we, we helped her with what, what's called uh, a 706, that's an estate tax return. Now, um, <clears throat> for a lot of families. Now, in, in this particular case, 
the uh, there was a sweetheart plan involved. Uh, in other words, the plan was, at least at the death of the first spouse, that everything owned by what they had accumulated during their lifetime would go to the spouse. That's not an uncommon strategy. Uh, sometimes, uh, and, and so the bottom line, uh, what happens with a sweetheart plan is that uh, you're not using your estate tax exemption the the way you have to use, which you have to understand if you have an estate that is potentially taxable it's your children who will bear the brunt of paying estate tax so one uh, goal is for your uh, plan to be uh, done such a way as that your children would not have to pay any estate tax. Now, the estate tax exemption is pretty high right now. In fact, it's ridiculously high. It's over $12 million per person right now. But what so many people do not realize, uh, even though people recognize that the exemption is very, very high, uh, and as a result of that, there are a lot of attorneys who have stopped using life insurance trusts. And I'm going to get back to that as to why we're going to have to get back to doing those trusts. But the fact is, let's say that you have an estate uh, net worth of about $5 million, and your spouse is deceased, and let's say you're 70 years old. Well, okay. The fact is that your life expectancy is likely to be at least another 15 years if you're 70. And that's true whether you're a man or a woman. Statistically, it's pretty close to that. Uh, for women, it's actually a little more than that. So the probability of your estate growing, assuming that you have some real estate and that you have investments and it's not just in the bank, not drawing any interest at all, uh, should double in value uh, over 15 years. And that's a pretty conservative estimate. In other words, if you do well, you, you'll more than double over 15 years. That No question about it. So with that said, if you have a $10 million estate, will your children pay estate tax? Well, here's what people need to know at this point. The fact is, is that under the current law, the high estate tax exemption that we have today comes back down to a more reasonable $6 million, it'll be a bit over $6 million. It would go back to what it w would be if it hadn't been doubled, if you will. So a little over $6 million. Well, and it's also indexed, so it will increase over the next 15 years as well. But the problem is, is that the, the, your estate will probably grow faster than the index. <laughs> you follow me? So what I'm getting at is that if, if you were in this type of category, one thing that you can do under the law now uh, is to grab your deceased spouse unused exemption. And the way you do that is by, um, uh, by filing the estate tax return. And you don't owe any tax, so you're not filing the return to pay tax. You're filing the return solely 
to claim the unused exemption that your spouse had at the time of his or her death. So very, very wise for those families that have a uh, pretty nice estate to file a 706 just as insurance so that the children will not end up paying estate tax under those circumstances. Now, uh, the, the, the other way for uh, families uh, to, um, uh, to, to combat the estate tax issue and this is a very common way to do it. And this is actually the way that it was done before the law changed allowing us to file an estate tax return to claim the unused exemption. Before that, uh, and continuing today, we use what's called a credit shelter trust with the assets of the decedent spouse that's designed for the benefit of the spouse as well as other family members. And uh, often it's called a family trust. You know, back in the day, we called these AB trusts. But the fact is, is that that has an extra advantage to it that some people utilize. Number one, these, that this kind of trust can be designed. It's not necessarily one, but it can be designed as an asset protection trust for the spouse and family. That's a good thing. Uh, in many instances, it can be designed to protect the children uh, if the surviving spouse chooses to remarry. So a lot of folks use an irrevocable trust at the first death for that purpose. Um, but it also has the advantage uh, for the for the larger estates that it allows you not only to use the estate tax exemption, but it allows you to use the generation-skipping exemption so that assets can go to your ch- grandchildren and then your great-grandchildren uh, and then your great-great-grandchildren without ever going again through the estate tax system. Now, if you, if you, file, if you have a sweetheart plan and you file a 706 for the unused estate tax exemption, what it does not allow you to do is to claim that generation-skipping exemption for your grandchildren. So now, I probably glossed everybody over at this point, but, you know, the fact is is that there are families of nice wealth that should file a 706 with a a sweetheart plan or should consider a credit shelter trust for whatever purpose. Uh, And the larger trust, quite frankly, should use a credit shelter trust because oftentimes those trusts can be designed as for asset protection for the children and grandchildren and be multi-generational, what we call dynasty trusts. And those are fun too. And so, uh, you know, it's, it's better in my book to package our legacy for our children and grandchildren than to just give it to them and let them lose it. You know, not that everybody would lose it, but they're an awful lot. Uh, you, you can end up paying far more tax to the government if it's not packaged properly. And, you know, most of my clients, one of their goals is how do we reduce or eliminate paying anything to the government? <laughs> 
that's why it's so important to have an experienced attorney to help you with your planning and make sure that you have everything in order as bill explained you know there's lots of tax savings out there if you know exactly how to do it that's why it's important to get that advice if you want to speak with bill schedule an appointment to do to speak with him you can go to wga law Dot com. That's Bill's website. You can also find information about Bill's free webinars at WGALaw.com by clicking on the Seminars button. If you want to learn more about long-term care assistance, Medicaid, and VA benefits, or if you want to learn more about asset protection and trust planning, a lot of what we were just discussing, it's free to do so if you want to attend one of Bill's free webinars happening on Wednesday, August 10th. Again, go to WGALaw.com and click on the Seminars button at the top of the page to learn more. We're taking a quick break, but we'll be right back. This is Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander, and we'll be back after this. Welcome back to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. Head on over to WGALaw.com if you want to learn more about Bill, register for his free webinars, or schedule an appointment to speak with him. WGALaw.com is the place to go. I'm Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. And Bill, we're talking a lot about estate planning and financial planning goals. And we were just discussing a, a few different trusts. And I know there's one more you want to hit today. Well, you know, I, I mentioned life insurance trusts, and the fact is is that people know that the life insurance death benefit is not taxable for income tax purposes. But what they don't know is that the life insurance policy is includable in your estate for estate tax purposes. So even even though it's not taxable for income, it's taxable for estate tax. So if you have a, a large life insurance policy, $250,000, million policy, $2 million policy, those policies now should be in a life insurance trust. And the whole purpose of the trust is to keep it out of your estate. For instance, let's say that you have a $6 million estate, but you've forgotten about your life insurance policy, and it's a million-dollar policy. Well, the fact is that if uh, that is includable in your estate, so if you're a million dollars over the exemption, you have to pay estate tax on what's over. All right, so you have a million dollar over, and under normal times, the estate tax rate is 55%. So your children would pay $550,000 in estate tax, even though they don't have to pay any income tax on the receipt of that life insurance policy. So the best time to do a life insurance trust is when you are taking the policy out so that the owner from day one is the life insurance trust and not your estate. Now, you know, there are a lot of particular things that have to be done with it in terms of how it's done, but it's a no-brainer. Now, Let's get to retirement accounts. And, of course, retirement accounts tend to grow faster than regular investment accounts. Why? Because it's not taxed while it's growing. It's only taxed when you take it out. So 
the fact is, is that that tends to grow faster, and you need to take uh, uh, you need to understand that. Now, another factor that's really important for the folks who have larger estates is that the entire amount of a retirement account is includable in your estate for estate tax purposes. And if it is your retirement account that makes you over the exemption, then you're going to get double taxed because you're not only going to pay the 50 to 55% of estate tax, but you're also going to pay the income tax on it. So depending on the income tax rate for the beneficiary, uh, the effective tax rate can be over 80% of the retirement account going to the government. So it's really, really important to understand those dynamics so that you can figure out what to do with your retirement account long before you die. Now, one of the things about retirement accounts that I think is so important is we really need to think differently about large retirement accounts. Now, I talk about qualified charitable donations for those of us who are over 70 and a half from our retirement account. That's obviously saves us income tax. That's nice. But the fact is, is that what a lot of folks don't realize, and this is really important for those families uh, who have fairly large retirement accounts, and they are, are well-to-do. And this is something that so many people don't realize. Number one, when a spouse dies, the surviving spouse's income tax rate normally goes at least to the next bracket up. So what that means is, is that the survivor is going to pay more income tax as a percentage than when you were filing joint income tax returns. Your bracket is exactly half of what a, a married couple has, and your standard deduction is half of what it was when you were married. So the year after your spouse dies, you're in for a shock. And normally, uh, an income, the income of a well-to-do family, the spouse's income is almost the same as it was when they were married. It might be a little less, but it's not that much less. Uh, and so uh, that's a shocker for so many folks. Well, again, if that's the case, generally speaking, the, the a senior's income tax rate is less than the income tax rate of their children. So if their estate plan is, how do we keep Uncle Sam out of our pocket? You need to be thinking, what are we going to do with our retirement account while we're still married and filing joint income tax returns. Number one, and there are a couple ways to do this, but one is to be doing Roth conversions. In other words, taking more distributions. And this is where you look at your income tax and see how much room you have within your tax bracket uh, in order to do uh, to take more than minimum required distributions and convert to Roth. Your children will love you more for that because they only have 10 years to take everything out once you both gone and they get your, what's left of your retirement accounts. They get killed on income tax. And guess what? More often than not, uh, our children 
receive these funds in their highest tax years. So it just it, it's a really bad income tax planning when you think about how that works. And you see, most seniors, our lockstep is we don't want to use our retirement accounts because we don't want to pay that tax, even if our tax rate's only 10 or 12 percent. They, you know, they, they've been trained not to take that. Uh, and, and what I'm saying is we need to be thinking differently. We need to be thinking, taking more than required distributions during our lifetime for better income tax planning for our families because, quite frankly, uh, oftentimes, and sometimes it's very, very clear that we can save a bunch of what goes to Uncle Sam by paying tax now rather than paying a lot more tax later. And guess what's going to happen with our tax rates? Do you think they're going up or down? What do you think? I would say they're probably going to go up. Well, not probably. In 2026, it's already on the books that our tax rates go back up. And even after that, could they go higher? Absolutely. Our tax rates only have one place to go. They are at historical lows right now, and they are going up in 2026. It's already on the books. And then if if it it's not going to come back down again. You know, our... Uh, you know, the revenues, the budget, the debt, the deficit, you know, there is no way that our taxes can get lower than what they are right now. Yeah, It's something that we need to take a long view of to make sure, as you said, that uh, we're not setting ourselves up for a major tax hit down the road. That's why it's so important to have the planning and to have an expert to be able to help guide you through these complicated waters. If you want to schedule an appointment to speak with Bill, head on over to WGALaw.com. WGALaw.com. That's Bill's website. As I said, you can schedule an appointment to speak with him. If you want to learn more about the subjects of asset protection and trust planning or long-term care assistance, dealing with the astronomical costs of long-term care and finding assistance that may be available through you for you through Medicaid or through VA benefits. There's a lot to unpack in these webinars. They're free to attend. It's free to register. They're highly educational, and you'll come away with it knowing a whole lot more than you did before. Go to WGALaw.com and click on the Seminars button to learn more. WGALaw.com is the website, or call 919-256-7000, We're taking a short break, but we'll be right back. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander, and we'll be right back. This is Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander. WGALaw.com is Bill's website. If you want to learn more about him, head on over there, WGALaw.com. I'm Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander, and we've touched on a lot today, Bill, and I know we teased it last week, but we need to have a discussion on gifting. Well, I promise that. And and for those of us who are well-to-do, and we want to make gifts to our children and or our grandchildren. 
and substantial gifts. Uh, we want to see the smile on their faces while we're alive, if you will, rather than just leaving it all to them when we're gone. And so, yes, we can do that. Now, last week, uh, we talked about the fact that we can give each person up to $16,000 a year and not have to pay or file a gift tax return. And if we're married, we can double that, up to $32,000 per year, no gift tax return. And then we have the gift tax exemption, which means that if we have to file a gift tax return, we don't have to pay any tax. It just comes off our large estate tax exemption. So most of us should never have to pay a state or gift tax, quite frankly, whether no matter how much we do in terms of gifting. Now, a lot of parents and grandparents think, okay, I want to do an educational plan. And I'm all for education. But the fact is, for me, kids can find multiple ways to go get a college education without parental or grandparents' uh, substantial help. But there's some things that uh, you can't do, and that's where I focus attention on these other gifts. Now, one gift that uh, I plan to do when I get grandchildren is to purchase a life insurance policy for each grandchild that is designed for cash value. And if I can say, for instance, fund of a life insurance policy that's designed properly at, say, $5,000 a year for 10 years. I put a total of $50,000 over 10 years for each grandchild in a life insurance policy. Well, guess what? That policy during, and now this needs to do when the, ch the child is young, like one year old is best, but if they're, say, under eight or nine, it all, all works, but the younger they are, the better. And by the time they get to be retirement age, this policy is a, a tax-sheltered, asset-protected asset where they could borrow $15,000 a month, income tax-free. It's a loan. It's not income. Uh, and upon their death, and the older they become, the more that will be in the policy for their children. So in essence, normally they can take $15,000 a month for their lifetime and then have a few million left for uh, your grandchildren or your great-grandchildren, so for the next generation, I should say. So to me, it creates a retirement account when most of us think Social Security or we know Social Security is not going to be enough for folks to live in retirement. So they either have to make a whole bunch of money, which is not going to be true for a lot of our grandchildren, uh, and they have to save like crazy during their lifetime, or you do this and it works. So that's one thing. For older grandchildren, I recommend that we fund a Roth IRA account for them. You know, when they're 15, you know, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, they've got a job, they're trying to earn some money to go out on dates and buy a car, whatever they're trying to do with their money. Whatever they get in their W-2 income, you can fund that into a Roth IRA. There's nothing sweeter than a Roth. It goes in, it grows income tax-free, it comes out income tax-free, and it again, it's it's there for their retirement. Uh, and you can't take it out for five years, so that's a good thing, too. Uh, and uh, so a Roth is another a good way to do it. Now, 
Other things that we could be doing, I sort of mentioned this before, uh, we could be taking retirement account money, converting it to a life insurance policy if we're young enough to do that, so that um, now, if we're in that, in other words, we have to be over 59 and a half, but in good health, convert it to a life insurance policy um, over a period of years so that our children or grandchildren, whoever the beneficiaries are, receive that money income tax free and estate tax free if it's done right. And then, of course, the other is to convert IRA money to Roth IRAs. Because that way, uh, if we need the money, it comes out income tax-free later. If our spouse needs it, income tax-free. If it goes to our kids, they have a much higher tax burden because they have to take all of it that they get within 10 years under what is called the SECURE Act. And so, in essence, our, our kids are really getting screwed by receiving retirement benefits from us. I had, in fact, uh, with my lady that was I, I was talking about, I recommended that she use her uh, remaining retirement accounts to go to her grandchildren rather than her children because both of her children were doing extremely well, highest tax bracket, all that good stuff. So why leave, why leave the retirement account to the children when they don't need it? grandkids better better choice there's options available to us but knowing what is uh best suited for you and what you want to achieve that's a decision that you'll have to make and if you want to schedule an appointment to speak with bill you can do that by going to wgalaw.com a quick break and back with more you're listening to asset protection today with attorney bill alexander and we'll be right back listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. Don't forget, you can learn more about Bill. Schedule an appointment to speak with him at WGALaw.com. That's also where you can go to register for Bill's free webinars happening Wednesday, August 10th. If you want to learn more about long-term care assistance or asset protection and trust planning, that's the best place to go. It's free to do so, free to register. WGALaw.com. Just click on the Seminars button at the top of the page or call the office 919-256-7000 919-256-7000 we're out of time for today but we hope you'll join us again next weekend thanks so much for listening to asset protection today with attorney bill alexander have a wonderful weekend